Hey, Catherine. What, Christy? My vampire boyfriend dumped me after installing a mirror. Oh, no. He said he just couldn't see us together. <laughs> Good evening. I am Count Christy. And I am Count Catherine. We're backyard garden vampires from Colorado. I became a garden vampire when I accidentally drank Japanese beetle soapy water, which scarabed me to death. And I became a garden vampire when my snowman turned evil during a lunar eclipse and I got frostbite. These days, Halloween specials have gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people wanting to suck our minds. And blood. For tricks and treats about Halloween. It's enough to drive us batty. So welcome to the Upside Down Tulips Halloween Special. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening. And Halloween. Gone wrong. Upside Down. Okay, Catherine, are you ready to count down for our costume reveal? Okay. One, two, three. Open your eyes. Oh, my oh. God, you're scary. <laughs> okay, friends. So Catherine has on a white mask with a white wig and a scarf. Oh, my gosh. That looks... Oh, no, you're not wearing a wig. That's your hair. That's my Sorry. hair. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get her out. Oh, masks are so scary. They can be. And I'm going to take mine off so you can actually hear me so I can describe Christy's beautiful costume. She has turned into plant lady, actually philodendron and I think hydrangea. <laughs> yes, lady. Oh, my God. She has the best hat in the world that is all hydrangeas. And I can't read this sign on the front. What does it say, Pumpkin? You know, Catherine, I had so little faith in my costume, but I'm so glad you got it that I actually had to name it. I said Crazy Plant Lady. Crazy Plant Lady. And then she has a beautiful boa of philodendrons. Yes. Vines. It's awesome. That's uh, lovely. Good you know, job. Not so much a costume as more of a uniform, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're right. Masks are they can be very scary. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know what you were going to be wearing, and so it did kind of scare me a little bit. Exactly. So, well, happy well, Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Welcome to Upside Down Tulips. Welcome back, Catherine. Thank you, Christy. It's great to be back. As is typical in our Halloween special, folks, we got lots of pod plays today. Yes, wonderful pod plays. All Halloween themed, all fun for the gardener as the garden is slowly wrapping up. What do you think, Catherine? We got maybe a week or two left? I think maybe, yeah. Hopefully. I'm hoping it will soon cool off and rain or snow. We need the moisture. The nice part about this time of year is that we can enjoy the harvest and... We're starting to get tired, aren't we? Yeah, we, we are. And the colors, just the colors as the trees change, as the whole landscape changes as it goes to sleep is just really pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty we need, awesome. We need a rest. Yes. Uh, Catherine, anything big happening in your garden before we jump into some fun Halloween pot plays? Yes. Um, I have been continued watering because it has been so dry. And I'm still getting some tomatoes because I covered them when we had the cold weather. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, And... I've been watering my new plants that I put out. One is a goldenrod that I put out this fall, and the other is called a prairie sagebush. And actually, it's been out. This is its second fall. 
but I have been also watering it regularly and I've been watering my front uh, no dig bed. So I'm trying to keep everybody moist. That's the biggest thing at this point. Shout out to moist. Yes, moist. <laughs> <laughs> and how about yours, Miss Christine? You know, everything's winding down. I do still have things blooming. But the big thing for me is that I'm just hoping that my... I have five pumpkins I grew, and a couple of them are still not turning orange, and they're being stubborn. So I'm hoping that if I still keep it in a warm, dry, sunny spot the, and keep turning it every day towards exactly. the sun, yes. that it will turn orange so I can carve it for Halloween, which is just around the corner. Exactly. Or if it doesn't turn, you still carve it, and we'll just refer to it as the little rebel pumpkin. That's right. Well, when we come back, folks, we're going to talk about... Um, herbal remedies, witchy remedies, and yes. the spirit of Halloween. But just remember, if there are words or terms you don't understand, you can always look at the Upside Down Dictionary at, on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. And please consider joining the Garden Party, which is um, all you need to do is throw us a couple bucks a month, and you can help support Upside Down Tulips. And you can find that link down in the show notes. Yes, please join us. It would be awesome. We're very frugal with your pennies, I promise. <laughs> Let's have a fun Halloween pod play first. Yes, Catherine, let's right? have one right now. Enjoy. In a world in the north of the country, a man and his wife buy a house and for the first time ever plant a garden. They'd never been happier. The flowers, the vegetables, the sunshine. But suddenly, without warning, it was September. Darling, where are you going? Out to the garden. What are you doing with those carrot seeds? I'm going to do another fall planting. Oh, John, no. It's too late. It's far too late for planting. We're zone 3B. Everything will just die. It's not too late. Hello, little garden. Here's Johnny. Darling, the sun is almost down. I don't like it out here in the dark. Oh, what was that? Bats looking for food. The insects are dead because it's fall, Johnny. Please, please, just put the garden fork down and come inside. I'm planting these, Betty, and you can't stop me. The bats, they're in my head. They're just looking for food, Betty. Help, help me. I have to finish planting these before it gets too dark to see. I am not wasting these seeds. They're heirlooms. Ah! Damn it. Ah! Where did that seed go? Darling, would you bring me a flashlight? Ah! Ah! Never mind, Betty. I've got one in the shed. Johnny! From an innocent summer idol to the emptiness, the darkness, the terror of... The Killing Frost. Not appropriate for Zones 11 and up. The Killing Frost. Coming to a garden near you. Well, that was a very fun podcast. But now I want to share some of the information I found about the origins of Halloween and then Halloween in the United States in particular. Oh, fun. Uh, the origins and evolution of Halloween is rooted in the ancient festival of the dead called either, pronounced either Sawin or Sowin, which was celebrated by the Celts. 
And the celebration signaled the end of the harvest and welcoming the chilling embrace of winter. And it represented a time when the veil between our world and that of the spirits thinned. Ooh. And then somewhere in the 7th century under um, Pope Gregory III. My he- favorite Pope Gregory. <laughs> I, I had no idea there were multiple ones. Yeah, of the three, he's the best one. <laughs> well, I'm glad we've cleared that up. <laughs> but he declared November the 1st as All Saints Day in honor of Christian martyrs and saints. And by the way, saints were referred to as hollows, which I did not know. Oh, that's interesting. And the night before November 1st was called All Hollows Eve, which later then became Halloween. And many of the Celtic customs and beliefs persisted, especially in Ireland and Scotland, even after Christianity became much more uh, popular. Mm -hmm. And it was celebrated with costumes and bonfires and divination games. And they did carve jack-o'-lanterns out of turnips and pumpkins, since the uh, Irish and the Scottish grew a lot of, and they still do, of turnips to feed their sheep. And can I just say, I mm-hmm. think like a jack-o'-lantern made out of a turnip is a lot scarier than a jack-o'-lantern made out of a pumpkin. Well, and it also says something about the size of the turnips they were growing, I think. Oh, sure. You know, hollowing out a turnip is a challenge, whereas hollowing out a pumpkin is a little easier, don't you think? Oh, that's, a, that's you true. Know? Um, and Halloween was not originally or widely celebrated in colonial America because most of the original settlers were either Puritans or some other Protestant denomination. Mm-hmm. And it was with the mass immigration of the Irish and the Scottish to the Americas in the 19th century that brought Halloween to a much wider audience. And they introduced the many traditions, such as the carving of the jack-o'-lanterns out of turnips and pumpkins, wearing costumes and masks, which were originally intended to fool evil spirits, but later became a way to disguise oneself from thy neighbors. And then also the practice of going door to door asking for food or money, which is an old custom that evolved from the medieval practice of souling, in which poor people would beg for soul cakes (laughs) in exchange for prayers for the dead. And then (laughs) the next uh, real change happened in America when Halloween became a much more secular and community-oriented holiday by the late 19th century with festivity activities specifically for children as well as adults. And the holiday's scary and superstitious aspects were toned down or replaced by a more humorous and whimsical element. However, some people still used Halloween in America as an excuse to cause mischief and vandalism which apparently became quite a serious problem in the 1920s and 30s. Then after the Second World War is when Halloween really blossomed forward and became the huge thing we see of it today. Uh It was a big thing in communities, and especially as an activity for children. And today in America, we spend somewhere around $9 billion every Halloween from candy to decorations, to costumes. Oh, that's cool. And I think that explains why I like Halloween so much, because it's connection to gardening. Yes, Connection exactly. to the harvest is where it all started. Yes, exactly. And yeah, and for me too, it's that that magical, mystical thing of, of the veil being so thin 
between Halloween and then All Saints Day. And that that belief and it has to do with, you know, going into winter. Yeah. It is pretty remarkable, actually. Did you, I'm assuming as a kid, you must have gone trick-or-treating a lot in Kansas. I grew up on a farm and we did not go <gasps> trick-or-treating. Oh. Because, well, our nearest neighbor was three miles away. So, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> something that we did. But we did in our school, you dressed up in a costume uh-huh. and the teachers brought in candy and you had a little costume parade. And yeah. Do you remember what some of your favorite costumes were? No. How about you? Yes. Oh, you know, I always loved going as a as a princess. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Sure. But my earliest memories, were, because I grew up in Minnesota, would always snow during exactly. Halloween. So Halloween costumes would always come about as a form of a snowmobile suit. <laughs> and so my mom was pretty clever because it would also about ears, nose, right? and tail. So I remember I would I would often be a cat. And my little sister, Lori, would be a bunny. And I think my brother, Monty, would be a dog. And because my brother, Joey, had a red snowmobile suit, he was the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, your mother. That's great creativity. Ears, nose, and tail. Well, let's go to some of our most popular pod plays that we've ever done. Okay. And this is our Stranger Garden Things 1 and 2. Enjoy, folks. Previously on Stranger Garden Things. Just wait right here by this compost pile, Rhubarb. I'll be right back. Please don't leave me alone, Christy. I feel strange here. Ah! Rhubarb! Rhubarb? Barb! And now, Stranger Garden Things. Barb, where are you? Thanks for helping me search for rhubarb, Edith. Where are we? Your garden is all upside down. Even though this garden contains the same locations and infrastructure of your garden, it is much darker, colder, and obscured by an omnipresent fog while ash-like spores drift through the air. It appears we have slipped down a portal into an alternate dimension. Ooh, check out how everything is overgrown with ropey root-like tendrils and biological membranes covering practically every surface. It all feels strange, Christy. I'm scared. Let's get out of here. But we have to find my rhubarb. I don't like that strange-looking compost pile. Oh, no. What is that strange thing sitting on top of it? Barb? No. Oh, it's just a spaghetti squash. The seeds must have germinated because the compost pile wasn't hot enough because you haven't turned it in a year. Wait, look over there. That thing is even stranger. With all this fog and ash-like spores, I can't tell. What is that stranger thing? It appears to be a very, very large zucchini. This is what happens when you don't harvest zucchini in time. Zucchini is best harvested when the fruit is about six inches long. If left unharvested, zucchini squash will easily reach... Oh, my gourd! It sees us! Run! Wait! What about me? Sorry, rhubarb. Normally, we don't mind things upside down, but this is all just too strange. (laughs) Look! Nature. 
previously on Stranger Garden Things. Looks like everything is back to normal in our small town of Wheat Ridge, Colorado. I even planted a bunch of butternut squash today. I don't know, Edith. Ever since my rhubarb got eaten by the demigourd in the Upside Down Garden, I feel strange. Strange? How do you mean, Christy? Well, I can now garden with my mind. Watch. Oh my gourd! Your compost pile is being turned as if by magic. How are you doing that? I don't know, but every time I garden with my mind, my nose bleeds a little bit. See? Ew, gross. Hey, if it means my compost pile gets turned, I can live with it. Christy, do you think it has anything to do with the giant, high-security, top-secret lab with hundreds of employees on the edge of town? Good thinking, Edith. Let's hop on our bikes and find out. And now, Stranger Garden Things. I'm so tired of riding our bikes everywhere. Thanks for helping me find out why I now have psychokinetic gardening skills, Edith. What is this strange place? Mm. It may be your typical giant, high-security, top-secret lab with hundreds of employees on the edge of town, but this one has what looks like a giant and strange Georgia O'Keeffe painting at the end of the hall. It appears we have encountered another portal into the Upside Down, an alternate dimension of the multiverse. I'm scared, Christy. Let's get out of here. But I need to find out why I can garden with my mind. Look! It's a demigod coming through the scary symbolic iris! And another one! And another! And they look angry! Run! Oh my gourd! Squash need room and circulation, Edith. If planted too close, they get really, really mad! Stand back! I need to start looking like a young Drew Barrymore on the movie poster for Firestarter! What are you doing? You're scaring me! Ew! Your nose is bleeding real bad! blew up the demigourds and closed the spooky vagina. You saved us, Christy. Let's head home on our bikes and see what I can do with Japanese beetles. Awesome. But first, you need a box of Kleenex, and I'm calling an Uber. This is the best time of year to talk about witchy herbs, isn't it, it Catherine? It is, it is, and there's much we grow in our gardens that actually can be used to keep us healthy or make us feel better in a variety of ways. Uh, but first, I have a corrections corner. Yes. It just came to my understanding from our excellent and enigmatic engineer that there were actually 16 Pope Gregory's. Ah, but number three could still be your favorite. Number three was pretty awesome. Okay. I have to do I have to do some more, you know, In comparison depth. to make sure, but I'm pretty sure he's still my favorite. And <laughs> um, last year in our Halloween special, we talked about plants that will kill you. 
Right. This year, we're going to do a little different spin on it. We're going to talk about- Plants that can help you. Plants that can help you. Witchy herbs that can be remedies, especially as we're getting close to cold and flu season. Exactly. And the first one is basil, which is of the mint family. And there's a ton of varieties of any of you who grow basil know. The big thing about basil is it's an anti-inflammatory and an antibacterial. Um, and it also is very powerful with when you take it in your body. To a, It's an antigen, so it helps the body respond to stress and fight disease. Oh, wow. And the ways I am the most familiar with using it is either as an essential oil uh, or dried or fresh and brewed as a tea. In fact, during COVID, I had a recipe for an antiviral antibacterial tea that was had oregano and basil and cinnamon and a bunch of others in it. And you would brew it up with boiling water first, and then you'd brew it up to about 15 to 20 minutes, strain mm. it and drink it. And that's pretty much how you would make basil tea. Again, it's an anti-inflammatory and an antibacterial. Now I have used basil oil on on sores. Oh, really? Yes, on sores, oh, cuts. Oh, that's yes. great. Also grown in our gardens is echinacea, one of the most well-studied herbs for remedies. Now, friends, if you don't grow echinacea, if you live in zones four to nine, you sure can. It's a perennial. It comes back every year. It's deer resistant. There are hundreds of varieties and it attracts pollinators. Yes, the bees adore it. Also known as purple coneflower. Yes. So it's a tall flower that can get like two feet high and it'll have a, the traditional would be purple leaves. It's a mm -hmm. daisy-like flower. And then the, the center will be, will have a beautiful golden it's a cone, cone shape, cone which shape. is where the, the name comes from. Yes. Um, so echinacea has gained a reputation for numerous effects on the immune system, including increased antibody responses to elevated levels for fighting viruses and stimulation of white blood cells to fight infection. Um, exactly how echinacea works continues to be investigated, but there are supposed to be these um, chemicals in echinacea that have medicinal elements that boost the immune system and inhibit viruses and bacteria. Exactly. And you <clears throat> to get the benefits of it, you can, at the first sign of illness, ingest as a tea or take as a tincture or a capsule. Which you can get at a local health food store, natural grocers. Yeah. Yes. Or you can harvest your own plant. Now, I was always taught that the only thing that you can use for echinacea is the root. And the root is the most powerful part, but I just learned this, that all parts of the echinacea plant are uh, can reap some get well benefits. So uh, one, if you wanted to make a tea, um, you could take one cup of water in a saucepan, add one teaspoon dried echinacea root, bring the water to a boil, reduce and simmer for about five minutes, remove from the heat, and allow it to sit five minutes and strain. Or you can just cut the flower right below the first top leaves. And if you're harvesting for leaves as well, then you cut before the first set of leaves at the bottom um, and dry the plant hanging upside down or remove the petals and the leaves and lay them flat in a cool, dry place. And then once dry, gather the petals and leaves and gently crush or cut them into like mint-sized pieces. And then you can assemble into a tea infuser 
and then add hot water when ready. Exactly. Exactly. And it's similar to in terms of using the basil, for example, you can, as I said, you can use it as fresh or dried, drying it very similar to what Christy was talking about for echinacea. And again, brewing it up. Yeah. So real quick, I'm going to touch on oregano, which is also an antioxidant, and it helps the body eliminate free radicals, and it also can fight bacteria. I have used it also as an essential oil, again, at your local health food store, or most grocery stores anymore, Whole Foods, Sprouts carry such things. Or you can make your own essential oil. Or you can, though that's a little more involved. Sure. Uh, yes. I have made that with my herbalist friend Joan Zen, and it's it's a little more involved. Right, because uh, it could spoil. Because exactly, mm -hmm. and there's a way you have to press it and process it in order to make it into mm -hmm. the essential oil. You have to, yes. Um, but you again, you can take dried oregano, or you can take fresh oregano, chop it up very nicely, put a couple of teaspoons in, a, two cups of water hot water, boiling water, and let it sit and steep, strain it, and drink it. Okay, can I ask one question? Sure. Because I've heard that if you use a fresh herb, it's actually best not to use super hot water. It's best to use warm water. That wasn't what I was told by my herbalist, but, oh, okay. you know, it's, some, it's a detail we could look up and explore. <laughs> That's for sure. Alrighty, great. Well, we're going to come back and talk about more herbs that we grow in our yard that you can use as an herbal remedy. But first, it's The Nightmare on Birch Street, written by and starring Karen Slack. It's scary. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the ghosts booing, scaring, and everyone yelling out of pure fear. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Ooh, I love spooky season. I love the crunch of the leaves, the crispness of the air, the gardens teeming with luscious, ripe yummies for my tummy. <laughs> Plus, it's the one time of year that others are as skittish as I am. Then there's the pièce de résistance, the cherry on the sundae, the icing on the cake. They leave pumpkins here on Birch Street, sumptuous, stunning, sublime gourds for me to gorge on. They just leave them on the steps, on their front porches. They leave them everywhere. They even cut them open to make it easier for me. They could only do me one better if they put the whole thing up in a tree. <laughs> it's like me birthday every day of spooky season. Oh, like this one. Look at this one. So large. So open, so ready for me to devour. What's that? Pepper? Some kind of pepper? Ah, yes, cayenne. They sprayed this one with cayenne. <laughs> silly, silly. In my years, I've built up a tolerance to cayenne. Doesn't even make me sneeze anymore. Hardly makes me tongue tingle. Hey, you dirty squirrel. Get out of here. Get. Hey, hey, look, guy. If you didn't want me to have it, why'd you practically write me an invitation? Ah, it doesn't matter. Just next door, here's another one. Oh, this one's kind of cute looking, really. It's almost a shame to destroy it. <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> I'm going to hug it real close. Come here, you juicy Jim Dandy of a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> 
new. What's this? It's all slippery. Gross. It's on me paws. Eww. What is that? Ah, petroleum jelly? That'll give you the runs if you eat too much at one time. My mum used to put that on me biscuits when I was a mere tot to toughen me up. So, don't bother me, nan. Well, I've got to get it off me paws, though. So I'll just walk up and down this car here. That should do the trick. You stupid squirrel, get off my car. You lady, don't put nasty things on delicious things and I won't vandalise your property. Ah, never mind this side of the street. Let's go to the other side. Ah, I'm going to wait for this car, though. Then I run across the street right in front. <laughs> I stay still in the middle of the street until they just start to accelerate. <laughs> then I'm going to dash across one way, then the other. <laughs> Darn off a squirrel. <laughs> boy, oh boy, they hate that. <laughs> what a riot. Oh my. Look at this, Will of the Wisp. It might be the most perfect pumpkin that I've ever seen. It has a sheen to it. It almost seems to be glowing. I don't trust it. It's too perfect. It must be a tricky treat. I'm going to walk real slow. I'll just lean in and give it a quick bite. Oh, whoa. It just got dark. Who turned the lights out? Goodness. Sure did get chilly all of a sudden. Did you hear that? sounded like something very large, taking a bite of something. Oh, I'm trembling. I've got to hide in this bush. What? What is this thing? Is it? It can't be. I've heard the legends, the folklore, the campfire stories, the tall tales, but never believed it until now. But it's huge. So huge. And is that a bloody carrot? Oh, no. I, I think it might be. Yum, yum, yum. Here comes Peter Rottentail, clumping down the human trail. Oh, I love spooky season. It's the one time a year for two whole weeks when I can walk freely and no one eyeballs a bat or bats an eyeball. <laughs> what do we have here? Isn't this a pretty pumpkin? <laughs> oh, no, no. That one had hairspray on it. Gives a weird aftertaste. My most gorgeous gourd. You should have been savored slowly, luxuriated upon, one luscious bite after another, not gone in one fell swoop. <laughs> Did he say hairspray? I guess that explains the sheen. Now I need something to get that icky taste out of my mouth. I want something with gooey insides, something fuzzy and cute with little bones I can crack with my teeth. <laughs> well, I've always been told I was a bit big-boned, so maybe he won't. <laughs> what's this? Oh, oh, what's in here? A cute little fuzzy rat. Nummy, nummy. Oh, yikes! Oh, not by me tail. Why is it always by me handsome tail? Oh, please, Mr. Rotten Tail, uh... Peter, can I call you Peter? Oh, please let me go. I'm not a meal. I'm not even a snack, really. Hardly in a mousse-bouche, barely a teaspoon of sorbet, am I? Nowhere near enough to... <laughs> chatter, chatter, chatter. I'll take care of that. You smell like a pumpkin-filled donut, you little rat. Oh, 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 
I am not a rat. Oh, God, his breath is so awful. And his teeth are so sharp. I'm not a rat. I'm not a rat. Oh, oh, oh my. What's this? Grass beneath me. The sky up above. The smell of carved open pumpkins. I'm alive. I'm alive! It must have been a dream. Well, a nightmare, really. An awful nightmare. Hoo, 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 hoo. Hoo. Well, that nightmare sure woke up an appetite. Maybe I'll hop some fences and find some wonderful... Ooh, what's this? A bit of carrot? A bit of a really large carrot? And oh my, is that blood? <laughs> Tastes like ketchup to me. <laughs> Some kind of hippie organic ketchup. <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about time. And I promise you, we're going to save you from all the really bad time jokes we were, Catherine and I were just sharing with it's each true. other. It's true. Alrighty. Um, do you grow time, Catherine? Yes, I do. Yes, I do too. Um, time's aromatic compounds help relieve coughs. Probably in two different ways. It's all. It's mostly known as an expectorant, meaning that the herb not only calms the cough, but also can help clear bronchial mucus. Shout out to mucus. Uh, yay, mucus. <laughs> Cousin to moist. Right. Um, and time grows best in zones 5 to 10. There might be some varieties that can grow in zone 4, but if you live... In zone three, then friends just grow it as an annual. And I grow it in pots. Oh, And I bring cool. it in in the winter, so it's on my sunroom, and then I put the pot back out in the spring, and it lives outside over the summer, and then I bring it back in. Yeah. That's great. <clears throat> well, it also is great for edging or ground covers. Yes. Time, so um, there are several uh, chemicals in thyme, including thymol and cavacrol that account for its aroma and its expectorant effects, and also for its inhibition of bacteria, viruses, and fungi. So today, herbal practitioners recommend time for coughs, cold, flu, bronchitis, and asthma. And they also use the herb for digestive upsets, as time has a relaxing effect on the smooth muscles of the stomach and intestines. Excellent. So... Guess how you make a thyme tea, Catherine? Oh, I don't know. How do you make a thyme tea? <laughs> <laughs> do you... we have time to make the thyme tea? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Oh, no. Couldn't help myself. Well, you can, just like you said for basil, uh, you take, you can use fresh or dry thyme, um, or, and you can put it in a teacup, or you can use a tea ball infuser. Let it steep for a good five minutes, and just make sure you remove the thyme sprigs or strain it out and enjoy. And a lot of people um, will use sliced lemon, grapefruit, or orange directly in the hot water and strain the pulp out um, to help uh, make the thyme more flavorful. Because sometimes right. people find thyme can be a little bitter. It, well, it is. It, it's, it's a strong flavor. And that is true of any of these herbs that we've talked about in terms of making a tea out of it, is you can add some stevia or you can add a little sugar or oh, a little yeah. honey, honey to make it more palatable. palatable. Yeah, that word to, to your... Uh, <laughs> 
Oh my God, I cannot talk today. Yes. It's okay. You're doing but, great. Yeah. So it makes it tasty and you want to drink it. Good. Okay. What else you okay. got? Well, to keep in the line with expectorants, garlic is another thing that has been used for thousands of years um, for medicinal purposes from infections to lowering blood pressure, uh, treating tuberculosis, colic, liver disease, intestinal worms, one of my favorites. <laughs> Shout and, out to intestinal worms. Exactly. <laughs> and reducing fevers. But again, it's also really good for those bronchial things. I personally eat a clove of garlic when I have gotten congestion in my chest and I know it's all tight and the mucus is not moving around yet. Mm-hmm. I will eat a raw clove of garlic because it really does help to break that up. And the other thing too, with basil, oregano, thyme, and garlic is you can also cook with it and you get the same benefits when you cook with it. I personally love to cook with lots and lots and lots of garlic. I'm a big garlic person, which you, is why we don't have a lot of vampires in my house. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. And do you cook? I mean, sorry, do you grow garlic? Cabbage? Yes. I grew garlic last year and I'm getting ready. I'm waiting for it to cool off a little bit more before I plant garlic again this year. Well, yeah. now's a great time to plant garlic. Yes, in October. I wanted it to get the ground to get a little colder, though. Yeah, we've had a warm before fall. because it's been so warm. Yeah, but I will. Yeah. Well, folks, if you want to learn more about growing garlic, look back into like episode eighty something, and or I'll put a link in the show notes about our episode on how to grow garlic. Right. And one last thing is research shows that regular consumption of cooked or raw garlic may reduce the risk of of colon cancer. Ooh. Colon rectal cancer. Interesting piece of trivia about garlic, the magic herb. You know, it's funny how there, oh, there's all these old ways that we forget, yes, exactly. don't we? Exactly. Huh? Yes. But people used them. Yes. Um, just because it's new and fancy doesn't mean that it's better than the old ways. That's exactly right, which is why there's a lot of movement to go to chi- to um, mm-hmm. Chinese herbs, for example. Uh, and also just, yeah, the old herbal ways. Yeah. Um, but we are not doctors and we're not making No, we're not. We're not. Advice. We're not. Okay, we're just right. saying you can cook with all these herbs and yeah, you can make really fun. yummy stuff. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about sage. Do you grow Please. sage, Kathy? I do grow sage. I love sage. Well, I'm... sage is a rock star when it comes to fighting colds, flu, fevers, and coughs. It is a diaphoretic, meaning that it pushes heat from the core of your body out to your extremities, causing you to sweat. So the funny thing is, is that sweat is what breaks a fever. So it tricks your body into acting like it's finished with the illness and it's ready to begin the healing. It also helps you uh, evacuate your body of of <laughs> moist waste. Shout out to moist. Good, and, good. And, and, and that also helps to break that fever. Oh, great. Well, it's very easy to grow. It's a short-lived garden perennial. So like my sage bushes will last maybe, you know, you know, four to five years and then it'll die out and then I'll have to plant some new ones. It is hardy in zones five to nine. But again, if you're outside those zones, just grow it as an annual. It's a, so it's a great choice also for um, relieving your sore throat and coughs while easing feverish conditions. And it's also antimicrobial. The best use for sage is to steam it. So to loosen your chest congestion, place a handful of sage leaves in a heat-proof bowl, pour boiling water over the leaves, and let the water cool slightly so it's not too hot to breathe. Cover your head and breathe in the steam of the sage. Or you can enjoy sage in your bath. Just stuff a large cloth tea bag 
into a with a bunch of sage leaves or make a little muslin bag or some um a cheesecloth and put two ounces of fresh leaves or one ounce of dried leaves will fill a two by four inch muslin bag and throw it in the tub and enjoy excellent it's also good in your dressing at thanksgiving <laughs> that's true so what you do Catherine, is you take the whole turkey you stuff it with sage dressing and you put that in the tub with you and you're going to feel great. <laughs> and it gives your turkey buoyancy too so it doesn't sink <laughs> to the bottom of the tub. <laughs> Already, here are two pop plays that celebrate the legend of Sleepy Hollow from a gardener's point of view. Ichabod Green and a brand new pod play, The Green Headless Horseman. It's the last week of October, Halloween week. From sea to shining sea, many gardens have been laid to rest. Meet Edith and Christy, backyard gardeners from Colorado, putting their gardens away for the winter. Christy, it's dark already. Can we finish this tomorrow? Just help me mulch and then let's go in for apple cider. I really appreciate your help, Edith. Is that a wolf howling? It sounds like it. Wolves in Wheat Ridge? Well, that's new. Yeah, maybe we should finish this tomorrow. Oh my gourd, what was that? I'm not sure, but it's right behind you, Christy. Let's run. I can't. Something is breathing down my neck. I'm so scared I can't move. Christy. It's a headless man on a horse. I think I just peed myself a little. I just peed myself a lot. He doesn't have a head. He needs a head. How can he talk without a mouth? How can he even talk? And how can he be alive? He doesn't have a head. <gasps> Christy, do you know who this is? I think I do. I thought it was just a legend. Right. The legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's Ichabod Grain, the gardening ghost. And he needs a head. Give him your pumpkin. No, it's my last pumpkin. The squirrel's got the other ones. Are you insane? Give him the stupid pumpkin. Okay, but I turned it into a smiley jack-o'-lantern. He doesn't want it now. He doesn't like the face you carved. The horse said nay, too. (laughs) Not the time for your puns, Christy. We're screwed, aren't we? Maybe not. Christy, I see a giant zucchini hiding under your plant here. Maybe Ichabod Grain will take the zucchini to use for a head instead of a pumpkin. Ichabod? Mr. Grain? Sorry about your head. How about this giant zucchini? Did you know, Ichabod, that everyone in Hollywood has a really big head? Because it photographs so well. I mean, look at Tom Cruise. Really big head. Tiny body. Big head. Ichabod Grain was born in the 1700s, Edith. He doesn't know who Tom Cruise is. Yes, Mission Impossible, Risky Business, Top Gun. So, doesn't this zucchini look like Tom Cruise, Christy? 
Yes, Edith, that looks almost exactly like Tom Cruise. Here you go. That was close. Yeah. Whew. Never garden after dark on Halloween, I'm thinking. Let's go inside for some apple cider. I think I need something stronger. I'll heat it up and add cinnamon. Perfect. Some legends never die. And some are so much more than legends. Go inside, gardeners. You've earned your rest. Happy Halloween. Upside Down Tulips brings you The Green Headless Horseman. In Sleepy Hollow's eerie glen, there rode a horseman without a head. A scary tale that makes one cringe, for his pumpkin head would not turn orange. He thundered through the misty night, chasing villagers with all his might. But they couldn't help but laugh with glee at his orangeless head so plain to see. With his horse a thundering spectral beast, he'd gallop and the folks they'd feast on fear and laughter. A very strange scene as Jack's head stayed a robust green. Now listen close to this tale's delight. A lesson turning green to orange just right. To transform your pumpkin, heed this guide. With love and care, let its color subside. Just place it in sunlight and let it bask. Photosynthesis is the trick for the task. The rays of the sun work their spell, turning chlorophyll to orange oh so swell. With time, the pumpkin's hue will transform from green to orange like a radiant storm. Patience is the key as the days roll on. Your pumpkin will glow when the change is done. Jack's pumpkin, alas, missed this routine, left it spectral and forever green. So heed this lesson, get your gourd out of shade. With care and sunlight, your harvest can parade. So beware the headless horseman's plight with his pumpkin's head that wouldn't turn right. And when Halloween night comes to call, your pumpkin will shine the brightest of all. Well, that one was spectacular, and because it was so awesome, we're going to do yet another pod play back to back, because this one is called The Silence of the Lamb's Ear. <laughs> Welcome to GCM, Gardner's Classic Movies. Previously on The Silence of the Lamb's Ear. Special Agent Jackie Awkward? Yes, I am Special Agent Jackie Awkward. And you must be Cherise Sparrow. Sorry to pull you off the compost pile at such short notice. This is awkward. However, your instructors tell me you're doing well. I hope so. They haven't posted any grades yet. Awkward? A job's come up and I thought about you. Not a job, really. More of an interesting errand. I remember you from my seminar at the Botanic Gardens. You grilled me pretty hard, as I recall, on the garden's environmental rights record in the Bush years. I gave you an A. A minus, ma'am. How awkward. Double major, agriculture and criminology. It says when you graduate, you want to work for me in behavioral food preservation science. Yes, very much, ma'am, very much. 
We're interviewing all serial botulists now in custody for a preservationist behavioral profile. Could be a real help in unsolved cases. Most of them have been happy to talk to us. Do you spook easily, Sparrow? Not yet, ma'am. See, the one we want most refuses to cooperate. I want you to go after him again today in the Arboretum. Who's the subject? The food preservationist, Cannibal Pecton. Cannibal? He eats people? No. can a bow, As in able to can. How awkward. Have your memo on my desk by Wednesday. Excuse me, ma'am, but why the urgency? Is there some connection between him and Broccoli Bill, the mysterious man who murders vegetables and skins them so he can make a broccoli suit for himself? I wish there were. Awkward. Now, I want your full attention, Sparrow. Yes, ma'am. Be very careful with Cannibal Pecton. We return to Somewhere Awkwardly in the middle of GCM's The Silence of the Lamb's Ear. Skipping several scenes and getting to the good stuff. Dr. Pecton. No, it's your turn to tell me, Cherise. Quid pro quo. Why did you leave that garden? Dr. Pecton, we don't have any more time for any of this now. Edith's life's in danger. No, I will listen now. After your father's food poisoning, you were orphaned. You went to live with cousins at a xeroscapic garden in Colorado. And? And one morning I just ran away. Not just, Cherise. What set you off? You started at what time? Early. Still dark. And then something woke you, didn't it? Was it a dream? What was it? I heard a strange noise. What was it? It was spreading. Some kind of spreading. What did you do? I went downstairs. Outside. I crept into the garden. I was so scared to look, but I had to. What did you see, Cherise? What did you see? Lamb's ear. They were spreading. They were ripping up the spring lamb's ear. They were spreading. And you ran away? Yes. I took one clump and I ran away as fast as I could. Where were you going, Cherise? I don't know. I didn't have any well-drained soil or mulch, and it was very cold. Very cold. I thought, I thought if I could just save one clump, but it was so heavy, soft, but heavy. I didn't get more than a few miles. The gardener was so angry. He sent me to live at the orphanage in Pueblo. I never saw the garden again. What became of your lamb's ear, Cherise? He killed it. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark and hear the spreading of the lamb's ear. Yes. And you think if you could save poor Edith, you could make them stop, don't you? You think if Edith lives, you won't have to wake up in the dark ever again to that awful spreading of the lamb's ear. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Cherise. Thank you. Who's Broccoli Bill? It's your turn, Doctor. Tell me who. Brave Cherise. You will let me know when those lamb's ears stop spreading, won't you? Tell me his name, Doctor. Goodbye, Cherise.
Ooh, I need some spooky inspiration. Oh, well, I don't know how spooky my inspiration is, but it's pretty direct. Okay. Here we go. There's a whole world out there right outside your window. You'd be a fool to miss it. That's from Charlotte Erickson, who is a Swedish author, poet, and podcaster. And she says exactly what she thinks. I love it. I do too. But I still need more spooky Oh no, well then, what do you have to offer, Christy? This is from Paula Karan. The farther we've gotten from the magic and mystery of our past, the more we've come to need Halloween. Ah, yes, it's true. It's true. Being in touch with that whole cyclical thing that happens at Halloween, going back to what the Celts were doing. Yes. Oh, nice callback, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. And guess what, friends? You've reached the end of our Upside Down Tulips Halloween special. We are Count Catherine Gray and Count Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcast. And thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the spooky Upside Down Tulip theme song. Want more? Go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at upsidedowntulips.com. And thanks for the many, many talents and kind hearts of... Bill Hahn, Jason Maxwell, Billy McBride, Michael Morgan, Karen Slack, and Edith Weiss. And thank you to our eerie yet evil engineer. Join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down. Shout out to mucus. (laughs) And moist. (laughs) And intestinal worms.